Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode, we have got to discuss a an absolutely brutal, uh, clo- as close to an unacceptable loss. That's a word I don't like to use very often. I, I remember a couple of years ago going on a, a, a tirade on why I don't use the words unacceptable or inexcusable, because in baseball, all kinds of things can happen. However, <laughs> the Colorado Rockies losing 5-2 to to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California in extras. Hanging Tyler Kinley out to dry after he had been extraordinary to get them a great opportunity to win the baseball game and for the Rockies to not be able to come through the runner at third one out and Trevor story and Nolan Arenado coming up to the plate. That's the ball game. I know Tyler Kinley gave up a three run Jack to Walsh and that technically was the ball game. But that inning never should have been played. And it's not just like, look, if if Trev squares one up there and they brought in five guys on the infield and he hits a liner right at the shortstop and they catch it and he's out, then we're having a very different conversation. Uh, and kind of the same thing with Nolan Arenado. But neither one of them had good at-bats. Trevor's was particularly brutal. He took a first pitch hanging changeup right down the middle. And I know that in that situation, you don't want to swing at the first pitch because you want to leave the pressure on the pitcher for a little bit longer. You want to leave open the possibility, might dirt one and that'll bring home the runner. But a, but a hanging changeup right down the middle, you got to fire out. You got to have time to take that hack. And then he did fire out at one well inside that he pulled foul and probably had too big of a swing on uh, trying to get it over the infield. And then he stared at one while it wasn't right down the middle. It was low. It wasn't, it, it didn't catch the, the very bottom edge of the zone. It was a clear strike at the knees probably just above the knees. That's a, that is a brutal at bat to strike out looking with one out and the winning run at third base. That is absolutely brutal. No way around it. And we know Trevor's a great baseball player. uh, And we know he's a, he's become, you know, borderline superstar. Uh, but to reach that caliber, you've got to find a way to do the little things right. He didn't get it done there. Now, it's not the same critique 
for Nolan not coming up with a base hit with two outs. We've talked about this a lot lately because the Rockies have not been coming up with base hits with two outs. Ryan McMahon had one earlier in the game. But again, the quality of the at-bat, the types of pitches that he's getting to swing at and missing. Any other version of Nolan Arenado that I have seen play baseball in my life, whether he's in the middle of a slump or not, 2013 to 2019, he would have had a home run earlier in the game on a ball he had out to the warning track, and he would have hit, he would have had a base hit to center field, walk off easy, easy on two pitches he got in that at bat. We ground out to the shortstop for like the third time in the game. And, you know, you're paid the big money and you get put into those situations in for a specific reason. And how about this? You know, we, we had the big debate with Manny not too long ago. And he, he was adamant that Nolan Arenado is not the problem with this team. I find it is often your competition that will tell you the truest things about yourself. What they're doing will tell you the reality of where you're at right now. And the reality of where Nolan Arenado is at right now is that in that inning, with the winning run at third base, they walked Charlie Blackman to get to Nolan Arenado. Now, you might be saying, now, Drew, now, hold on a second. That's an easy decision because Charlie's been hot for a lot of this year, a little colder lately, but he just hit the walk-off grand slam against these same guys last night. They're not looking for double magic. So they walked Charlie, but of course they walked Charlie because they don't want to pitch to Charlie. It's not as much about Nolan, but I raise you further. It wasn't just about that. On Daniel Murphy. And there was a base open. Again, there's two outs here. And if anybody scores, the game is over. So loading the bases means nothing to the Angels at that point. Nothing. If they so chose, they could have also walked Nolan Arenado and pitched to Daniel Murphy. And honestly, just because of how much I've seen Nolan play, Memories running through my mind and me thinking maybe this is where he breaks through and and does the clutch thing. I probably would have not walked Nolan Arenado to get to Daniel Murphy. But the Angels decided that a right-on-left matchup, Murphy, was more dangerous for them than to pitch to Nolan Arenado with the game on the line. That tells you everything you need to know about where he's at this season. And it turned out they were right. That's um, that's a tough spot for him to be in right now. And in a short season, you can make all the excuses you want about how there's been all this pressure on him for years in the past, but... Other guys are doing stuff. Josh Fuentes is doing stuff. Ryan Maltapia is doing stuff. Garrett Hampson doing stuff. As of late, guys, like 
Matt Kemp is back to doing some stuff. There were base runners out there tonight for them. Raimal Tapia executed the bunt, not the best thing in his arsenal. He's never been great at that. Gets you in that position. Your star players have to come through. Especially star players who've made a point about noting that the rest of the roster isn't up to snuff. This is why, again, you have to separate the larger conversations. Are there a ton of fair critiques to be made about Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort and going back and the way this team is run and the decision, even having Daniel Murphy in the game, even at DH, there's still some, all, fair enough, all questions, fair to ask. It is not on Jeff Breidich. It is not on Bud Black. It's not on Dick Monfort. And it's not on Dave Magadan. It's not, there's no hitting coach. There's no, there's no person who can make Trevor Story swing at that fastball. Derry just has to. That's, it's a, it's a human game played by human people and you can't expect them to be perfect. That's for sure. That's not what we're, we're asking for in that situation. With Nolan, it's, you're asking for him to contribute here and there at the plate. And he hasn't been. That that's not on anybody but but those two ball players. They are caliber enough that it shouldn't be on a coach or a manager or a general manager or an owner to make either of those two players come through there. That's how you draw it up. If in that situation the game had come down to two key at-bats for Josh Fuentes and Ryan McMahon, and they didn't come through. Then you can make a much bigger deal about roster construction or Bud Black setting the lineup, but there's not there's not a person in the world who would, given many hitters to choose from, Put too many different guys other than Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story, again, historically speaking, not Nolan this year. But those are the guys you want at the plate. There's no, you. it's on them. That's it. And there's plenty of other time and, and, and space to critique the other things when they are the difference in the game. When Bud Black makes the wrong call and it costs the team the game, I will say so, but that's not what happened out there this evening. You know, Tyler Kinley, I thought was an interesting guy to go to for the first guy to pitch with the runner at second in your first California rules game at Coors Field because of Kinley's history of having some command issue. So if he puts one in the dirt with that filthy slider of his, then you've got a free runner at third base all of a sudden. I thought that was a questionable decision. And if Kinley had, you know, put a couple of sliders in the dirt, like I said, and let that run come in very easily, then I would be here criticizing Bud Black for that particular decision. But Kinley pitched magnificently in his first inning and in his second inning, right up until the pitch he threw, one bad pitch he threw and went for a three-run jack. Um, so I thought that was a questionable decision. But it actually very much paid off. 
beyond that, there there was nothing else to question. Kyle Freeland pitched well, uh, you know, but the offense continues not be able to find the the big hit. And I've said I've said many many times. You've all heard me say, and and I had been one of his I think last remaining defenders. I don't need to see Daniel Murphy bat that often anymore. Like it's just not there. The bat speed doesn't appear to be there. He got one in the ninth inning. He got a 93 mile an hour, or not the ninth inning, the the, the final inning, whatever the hell it ended up being. Um, and and just was late on 93 piped on like a 1-0 count. Dude. Like he just doesn't appear to have it anymore. You know, so I, I'd much rather see Sam Hilliard in a DH spot right now than Daniel Murphy. So, you know, little things here and there, but that is not, you know, I do have to separate those things sometimes and just analyze the baseball game that was just played, you know, the last three and a half hours of our lives that we all spent together watching this thing. And the Rockies should have won. And you will very rarely hear me use that phrase either. Like that's, you know, you'll hear me say tough loss and, Coulda, shoulda, woulda, maybe, but just straight up, they should have won this baseball game at several different junctures throughout the game. And they beat themselves. Like, the Angels didn't do some great baseball thing. Walsh coming through late, you know, you've got to give him credit. You've got to tip your cap to that. But beyond that, it really wasn't – Rockies outplayed them in this game except – losing all of the key moments. And that'll, that'll just beat you up. That'll just beat you up every time. But here's, here's the other thing about this, this, the Colorado Rockies are, we're only going to go so far. If Nolan Arenado is never going to get hot. Like they can only go so far if their best and by far most highly paid player doesn't contribute on offense, like they, they can scratch and claw and get into the playoffs. Right. But even if they do, if no one's not hit, no matter what seed they had, they could be a three seed. They could be a seven seed. They could be an eight seed. You go into any series and you don't have Nolan, then you're asking to win games like this, where, Ryan Maltapia has got to come up with a key hit or Ryan McMahon's got to come up with a key hit. It can't always be Charlie Blackman. And it's been Charlie Blackman several times. And, and you can, you can at least count on him to have a really good at bat in these situations. And right now you can't count on Nolan Arenado to have a really good at bat in a key situation. You know, Trevor's been iffy. He's got great, great numbers overall, but in key at bats, very iffy, very iffy. Um, and you're only going to get, you're only going to get so far with that. I will go ahead and, and raise a glass to Freeland, give a little bit of a shout out to the draft King of the game. Uh, the only guy for the Rockies, you know, there's a lot of guys that it could have been, it almost could have been Tyler Kinley there at the end, uh, in a way, ironically, um, could have been Trevor. If he comes through, could have been Nolan. If he comes through. That said, it's got to be Kyle Freeland who goes six innings, gives up two earned runs, four strikeouts, walks two. He is your draft king of the game. Again, remember to use that promo code DNVR over at the DraftKings Sportsbook for that situation. 
Uh, but he, he pitched well. I, I think, again, you're seeing that those two rough outings were aberrations, just like the entirety of the 2019 season. Uh, Kyle Freeland was very good. Uh, the two runs that he did give up came on, uh, you know, one was on a sack fly, uh, the other on a ball that Rymal Tapia just slightly misplayed off of the wall and left showing you once again um, some of the the iffiness with Tapia in the rest of his game. Uh, he was a little overly aggressive on a couple of balls out there in left field. That one, uh, it, it cost them 90 feet. Whether it actually cost them that run, it, it might have come in. Otherwise, uh, the other one didn't amount to much, but still, you, you do take some risks, not in the athleticism department. There wasn't any, you know, he shows you the speed and he's got a great arm and all of those things, but misplaying balls off of the wall and not being in a good position and sort of over amping and, and getting a little bit too worked up to, to get the ball back in a little bit of iffiness out there, but uh, still more good play. Other than that, certainly he had a, a nice game at the plate again, uh, got that bunt down late, uh, had another infield hit continues to be a consistent quality at bat. Uh, again, in hindsight, you'd almost rather them having him bunt give Rymal Tapi the opportunity to swing away just because he's been more consistent at putting the ball in play and getting just quality singles. And even in the clutch uh, this year, it feels like he's been really good. So I saw the question come in here uh, from Joseph. What is Nolan's batting average with runners in scoring position? It is... 200. He's batting 200 with runners in scoring position over 62 plate appearances this year because he bats cleanup and he's slugging 340. So it's not like, well, he's batting 200, but on the ones he lines up, at least he's crushing them. Like, nope, he's got one home run, uh, four doubles, and 10 hits overall this season in 62 plate appearances with runners in uh, scoring position. Uh, that's just, it's just not good at all and according to the uh where is it the high leverage index he's hitting 267 in high leverage situations which is about a hundred points off of his career like that's it, it's it's insane um and i agree Asiel. like it's an aberration it, it's unlikely to continue for the rest of his career the only question is can he get it under control for the rest of this season because there's only a, a handful of games left. And as you've seen, fair or not, you can, you can wring your hands and bang your head against the wall about what everything else should look like with a normal Nolan Arenado. This team would be comfortably in the playoffs. And if they ever get a Nolan Arenado, they can go on a run, but if they don't, their games are going to be like this fighting and hoping you you get that key moment from somebody else. And when you don't, you'll lose. But, you know, Ryan Altapia and Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson, and you know, they're not getting paid $35 million to, to come through with the, the big hit, you know, or at least the, the good at bat, you know. Um, but that said, 
I'm with LCL here as well. You've got to forget about these last 30 and play the uh, these next 15 like the like your lives depend on it. You got to go out. You got to play with energy. You got to play with fire. You've got to play with confidence. You you've got to play with belief in each other. And a lot of that has been lacking for this team this year. Um, and that's a, and we've talked about this before after a couple of the other bad losses. Like that's a, that's a leadership issue on the field and off the field. And it has to be both. You need an on the field leader and you need a, an in the clubhouse leader. And I don't know who those people are for the Rockies right now. So, yeah, while the innocent, how many times in the he walking Charlie to get to Nolan? Not very often. Tough one. I'd break it down for you further, but I'm not sure what else to say. I mean, like you know, I mentioned, you know, Ryan McMahon coming through with a, a two-out base hit earlier in the game. That was good stuff. Charlie Blackman with a sack fly doing some of the fundamentals right until they didn't. It really did come down to those two at bats. You know, if this was a, a big playoff game or something and, and we were really, really getting breaking it down, I'd be going through the Trevor and Nolan at bats pitch by pitch. Um, and just talking about the bad process because those were the, and, and, and the bad results that, that came from them because that's what the game came down to. That was the opportunity. There were a few others throughout the game, but none as good as that one. And, um, tough one to take there. Tough one to take. So I'm going to wrap up this part of the conversation. If you're listening to the podcast, hang on through, a uh, little bit of a commercial break here. Then come out on the other side, do some fun stuff. Feel good for a little bit before we end up talking about the final game of this Angels series. Those of you that have been here on the live broadcast on YouTube. And if you're not following, make sure that you are subscribed to YouTube so that you can join us and, and comment on all of these live shows. We're going live immediately following every single game. So you hit that bell icon. You'll get a notification when we go live. It's a whole lot of fun. You want to join us for these conversations. So for those of you who have much for hanging out, it's been fun. Good night. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you will save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we are going to break down for you a heartbreaking, really, 5-3 to three loss for the Colorado Rockies at the hands of the Los Angeles Angels. They end up losing the series 1-2. to two. 
and it came late. The game winner coming in historic fashion as Albert Pujols hits the 660th home run of his career, tying Willie Mays for fifth most ever in the history of our 150-year-old game. Quite a moment for Albert Pujols, obviously a very difficult pill to swallow for the Colorado Rockies and their fans because it also swung the game in favor of the Angels there late. And while, Patrick, I think this would be a game that people might want to put into the same category as game two in the set, where I said, you know, that's a should-have-one baseball game for the Colorado Rockies, where this one, like, they almost stole it. Honestly, like, you walk 10 guys, and it's hard to say you deserved to win that baseball game. They could have. They left some guys out there on base. They could have come up with a few more key hits, um, stranded some guys, and we'll get into all that right before the Pujols home run. But overall... Uh, this really does come down to giving free passes, giving stuff away. The Angels' first two runs of the game were given away, and that's just the kind of thing you can't do. No. Uh, if you go one for 11 with runners in scoring position, you leave 11 men on base, and you only have one extra base hit, and that is by 40-year-old designated hitter who cannot <laughs> run you do not deserve to win the game and yet the los angeles angels were able to win the game so as bad as that line seems to be for the angels the lines for the rockies were you know just as bad maybe only yep. one for five at runners in scoring position with four left on base they just weren't getting in scoring position besides those you know back-to-back -back doubles by pilar and blackman it was Really quiet. Same thing with Saturday night with, with six hits. It was just uh, a lack of, lack of offense, a lack of, lack of execution, obviously, by the pitchers. And you, you really begin to start to question. It, it's crazy how much uh, the season shifts. And, and you know we're going to put an asterisk uh, inside of every possible letter in the word season as possible. Uh, because that's that's what all of 2020 has been for us at DNVR is the yeah. for the asterisk. Right. So you know the beginning of the season, really, we're talking about 20 games ago. The Rockies looked like potential world beaters. Hey, if everything goes right, they can be one of the best in the game. But unfortunately, I think the thing that we've realized, or I know I have from this weekend, is. When everything is going right for any team in any sport, they will look like world beaters. But this is precisely why you play the games, and this is precisely why each league has as many games as they do. Football maybe only has 16, but at the end of those 16, you know who some of the best squads are. If you follow English Premier League soccer, they play 38, and by the end, you know who the best teams are. And in baseball, you play 162. Even in the 60-game season, you still have an idea of how talented of a club you've got. And unfortunately, Colorado has a lot of questions, and there's no way we can unpack all of it. But this uh, franchise, this team Oh, and they right won't now, have, like you just said, they won't have 162 games. Like, we no. literally won't be able to unpack all of it. We, we won't know, and we will never know 
what this team would have looked like with a normal Nolan Arenado on it. We'll, we'll never have any idea. He's out of the game today. Um, at first, you thought maybe it's just because he continues to be so cold and they've sat him a couple other times and they're hoping maybe they'll get him on one last hot stretch to end the season. But then it comes out, he's got some shoulder tightness. He says it's been bothering him all year. Maybe that's part of the reason why uh, he's been having these issues uh, and there's no way to know, but just an absolutely you know brutal development for the Rockies. And all that being said, they finally did get a couple of two out RBI hits from the middle of their order. And it came from Kevin Pillar, the guy who had to step into the middle of the order without Nolan Arenado in the game and Charlie Blackman with back-to-back doubles there in the third inning, something we've, we've hardly seen out of the team this year. And so in a way they almost looked like the lineup in that moment looked better without Nolan in it, which is just a head scratching development for this team and and when you obviously could not have expected, that said, you know, enough other people, you, you've got to be able to figure out a way to to get those runs in. Matt Kemp and Josh Fuentes. Now that that strikeout on Josh Fuentes, that was that pitch was well inside. And that's that's a frustrating moment for the young man who's doing a good job there to try to stay within himself and not extend. Uh, but you know, for the veteran to come up empty right ahead of him put that much extra pressure on Fuentes to try to come through in that situation. Uh, And then Hampson smashes one into the gap, but it's tracked down on the warning track just short of the wall by Joe Adela. We're talking about a completely different game here. And you just, how much of that is situational? How much of that is functional? How much of that is fundamental to the nature of the Colorado Rockies? And how much of that is just, well, (laughs) just, that's baseball, right? That's that. Uh, that's baseball, right? That's baseball, and and you know, we could we could surmise all day, like, well, you know, it's small sample size. That's just one moment there, of of struggling to, you know, manufacture a run with runners on first and third. As you're talking about that that sixth inning, um, where Pilar and, and Blackman, you know, again went back to back with singles, uh, uh, that particular time, uh, and and we could talk about you know all of those things, but if you don't put yourself in that kind of a, a predicament as far as what the score is, and if you maybe are able to get something going earlier in the game, and if you're not keeping the angels in the ball game with 10 walks and, and that one hit, yeah. Yeah. there was even a point in the ninth inning where they had actually thrown as many balls as they had strikes. I, I don't in know if that's ninth. something that has ever happened. Yeah. 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 yeah it, 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 the margin had just balanced there. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're a better team, you don't even have to worry about that. With with, if if one aspect of your your squad is is failing, that's okay because there are many facets to pick them up. But as you said, not having probably the largest facet of their team, Nolan Arenado, there in the lineup, and even when he has been producing, it's going to be very hard to be a competitive and consistent team, even for just this sixty game stretch. I don't think I agree with that, actually. I, I, I think I, I, I very much disagree with that, that if they had a, a good and productive Nolan Arenado, they, the, I think that they would be. And I asked that question. Actually, it was asked on the, the live chat last night just before. I, I saw it right as I was signing off, so I didn't have time to answer it. I shouted it out to some people on Twitter. You know, what do you think? And I'd love to hear people's answers. What do you think the Rockies' record would be with a normal 
and or healthy, if that's been the case, um, Nolan Arenado. You know, what, what do you honestly think it would be? And, and I think they would be several games over 500. And, you know, whether or not that's acceptable or better or whatever, you know, that, that's always we can get into splitting hairs on on that debate. But if you're getting the, especially, you know, with the addition of a guy like Kevin Pillar, who's been very good for them, if he is giving you extra length in your lineup by being a guy who came into this team to do what he was kind of designed to, which is about fifth and sixth and provide that kind of protection there rather than needing to be a guy that you've got about third because nobody else has been able to produce in the middle of the order. I just think it's been a huge, huge element for, for the team. And obviously in a 60 game stretch, you would assume over 162, there would be time for that to balance out. But I don't know, man. I, I just don't know, you know, that, I, I think there's a lot of other teams over the last several years with, with who are small to mid market teams with superstar players who they're not producing. It dramatically limits the ceiling of that team. They can still overcome and you should still be able to win without that player. But, you know, very few teams have multiple superstars that they can turn to and we know them and we know their names and they've got the money and they, they tend to end up in the postseason. But you know, if the diamondbacks over the last Five to eight years, if Paul Goldschmidt wasn't going, they weren't going. If the Reds didn't have Joey Votto going, even during their times when they were really great, they weren't going. Um, and and that's just where the Rockies are at right now. There's We can and we should nitpick all of the other stuff. Carlos Steva's got to do better there. You can't walk the guy in front of pools, you know, all that stuff. But we've said all season the team goes as Nolan Arenado goes, and they are. Yeah, no, no, precisely. I mean, that, that, that was my point is, is that, you know, it, baseball is, is, is much different than, you know, basketball. We, we see how talented the Nuggets are coming through clutch there, down 18 points. <laughs> that was great. In the Wasn't that amazing? Quarter, and they're, they're forcing a game seven against the Clippers. So, amazing. you know, they're fantastic. But that's a, that's a sport where you only need those few guys. And even still, you know, you, you, one player can, can throw his team on their back. And that's not necessarily the, the case in baseball. One sure. player can certainly elevate his squad in a major way as long as there's enough secondary pieces around. And so on one hand, yeah, you, you, if you don't have Nolan Arenado, that's really going to sap your win total, sap your offense, uh, and, and you're just your general momentum, I, I think, on a game-to-game basis and, and, and continuing rallies. And that's it shouldn't necessarily be that way, uh, and that is the case, I think, for Colorado. But at the same time, if Nolan is doing what Nolan typically does, we're not even really having this conversation. We're, right. we're saying, hey, maybe maybe when they get into the first round of the playoffs against Atlanta or Chicago, hey, if you just ride the same courses, maybe if you just ride Almonte and Bard and the starting pitching <laughs> continues to right. produce, you right. can just do it. I mean, Washington did it last year with three pitchers. Right. They were fine. So, But, but, yeah. but without Nolan Arenado doing his thing, Right. We're not having that conversation of, man, what are they going to do in the playoffs? Because this team unequivocally is not even an eighth seed playoff team right now. No, right now they're not. And they're not playing that that brand of baseball. I was shocked that somebody pointed out old friend Matt Gross from way, way, way back in the day, Rhode Island Rocks fan, um, pointing out to me that Nolan Arenado uh, is dead last on the Colorado Rockies in WPA, win probability added. Absolute bottom. And that's, you know, and, and Ken, 
if he's if he's hurt enough to have to be shut down, then shut him down. If not, then no, you 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 need to get him back out there and playing. You have to trust that the true talent level of a guy like Nolan Arenado is going to shine through eventually. Um, but you know, in a in a short game season or a short season, you, you've got to do the best you can to win the few amount of games you've got left in front of you. But throwing him out there, if that's been his problem, then then it's not helping you. Like I just said, very last in WPA means that he's been the worst batter of anybody in the Colorado Rockies roster at adding to wins in high leverage situations or creating runs, doing things. Like he's not helping them win baseball games with his bat. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ken Ken asking, should Nolan be shut down similar to what to do with Marquez last year? Also gray. Um, No, I I don't, I don't think so because in in the situation with it, with the pitchers last year, uh, even Scott Ober, you you potentially throw in that group. uh, Although we're seeing, you know, the same effects with the blood clotting, just, you know, taking much longer, even here in 2020. Uh, a lot of that decision for those those young pitchers, and John Gray is still a young pitcher, is just about not overstressing their injuries and saying, you know what, let's shut it down so that you can come back next year completely healthy. With, you know, I, I don't know the extent of Arenado's AC joint, you know, issues that he's having right now, but I mean, shoot, there are guys who've played on, you know, uh, with 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 broken fingers. And, and and broken or, or sprained feet, things of that nature, and the off season allows them to heal and repair, and that's fine. With pitchers, there's a there's that threshold where if you hit that, if you go past that 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 mar- line of no uh, return, that guy might need Tommy John surgery, and now you've lost him for 18 months. Right. You're not gonna. There's no injuries happening to Nolan Arenado right now that's gonna set him out for 18 months, unless he he does something incredibly crazy and even still uh i'm not a doctor uh nor do i play one on a podcast but uh, i don't think you could you know do anything to your ac joint that would force you to miss a season and a half so you know no one might just have to kind of grind through <clears throat> it and you know drew and i we, we we text back and forth when we're watching these games like, did you see this did you notice that um you know just kind of doing our little reporting back and forth and we noticed, you know, the last, this entire weekend, you know, it happened Friday, happened Saturday, uh, where Nolan hit one deep to left field that really just died, just just didn't have a lot of mustard on it. You know, he's, Nolan's talked about it, you know, recently about just, you know, he's, he's not barreling the ball up like he normally does. The exit velocity is not there. Making more contact, but not making as good of, hard contact and so you see those balls dying out there like quails in left field and you can't help but think there's almost never been a time in his career that that wasn't a home run right like that happened so often happened late saturday night happened late friday night and it was wow why why wasn't that a home run that that, that's that's a patented nolan arenado you know fourth row if he doesn't get all of it it's fourth row in left field if he does get all of it, it's four rows from the, the concourse. Right. And he's just not hitting it out this year. It's yeah. it's frustrating. Just warning track outs and, and maybe that is the shoulder. Um, who knows? Yeah. But we'll we will just have to see what goes on moving forward. Right now, I couldn't lay down a bet on Nolan Arenado. I could not go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and, and tell you exactly what he or the Colorado Rockies are going to do next. I do have 
some ideas about some things, though. You know, our man Marquez is going to get a decent number of strikeouts. I really wish I could lay down uh, a few more bets on, like, just Kyle Freeland to get a quality start. We got to make that a thing. We got to contact our, our friends over there at the uh, DraftKings situation say, hey, how about some Kyle Freeland to get a quality start bets? Because those have been was he had six to start the season, then two bad games, and then two more quality starts. So he's eight yep, for ten. Is that right? Yeah, eight I think for 10? he. I think he, I don't know if he's in the top five right now uh, in okay. baseball, but he's he's top ten. He was top yeah. ten already going in the last night's game, uh, Saturday night's game, and and he added one more to that that resume. So I love doing all that stuff. Also, you got to poke over to the other sports every once in a while. There have been some fun Denver Nuggets bets, great football stuff. You still got a little bit of time left now that during week one, you can bet $1 on any team to win 100 bucks if they win. That's just $1 to win 100 bucks. You got to use that promo code DNVR during the sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, uh, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. That being said, my DraftKings pick of the week, Sunday night. Sunday Sunday. night baseball. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Bruce Dar Gratterall. Folks, you're going to call me crazy. You do love that name. Bruce Dar Gratterall. It's it's almost like a... It does kind of sound a little bit like a creative character on WWE 2K. Like a yeah. little bit. Like a little right. bit. It fit in any game. Like it, those old fantasy games, like you, you could put him into Skyrim. You could play Elder Scrolls. And this is my dwarf, Bruzdar Gratterall. Very true. <laughs> that, that plays there as well. Uh, my DraftKings pick of the week is the LA Dodgers over the Houston Astros. Rockies fans, you need to root for the Dodgers tonight. How did you do? No, I'm, I mean, you look against the Astros, against the trash throws. Yes, right. against the. Look, the Rockies Houston aren't catching Astros. the Dodgers. Nobody's catching the Dodgers. You might as well root for the Astros to lose. You know, in whenever there's those pandemics, whenever those big moments that bring society together, we have them. You know, it's it's happening. <laughs> right. We just had the 19th anniversary of 9/11. That was obviously one where we came together as a country. It was it was beautiful. Uh, the, through baseball and, and Mike Piazza and Absolutely. hitting a home run, inspiring moment, and we've, we've come together in, in different ways. At least at the beginning of the pandemic, and and there are obviously certain pockets where people are working together. And right now, Rockies fans, you need to applaud Dodgers fans because if you Get haven't together. seen it, they've they be- surrounded Dodger Stadium at Chavez Ravine. With signs and greeting the bus, greeting quote unquote, the bus is letting them know you guys are cheaters. The Game of Thrones lady is out there. Shame, shame. It's everything. Beautiful. A thing of beauty. And Houston has now won the first two games of the series against the Dodgers. They're pretty much safe, you know, as as the eighth seed right now in the AL. But regardless of that, you you can't be pulling for what the Astros represent. So for that reason, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I guess the biggest enemy right now of the baseball world should still be the Houston Astros. Therefore, Rockies fans, your DraftKings pick of the week is the Los Angeles Dodgers at minus 118. Do what you got to do. Minus 129. It's now minus 129. Even better. 
Go and get that. I'll tell you what, if ever there was a time, maybe for once in your life, you once. know, Cody Bellinger hitting a huge, gigantic home run will, will bring you joy. So go and bet on the Dodgers tonight. I think that's a great call for our <laughs> DraftKings pick of the week there. Um, and <laughs> uh, do we have to talk any more about this baseball game? Do we, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe not this one. Let's, let's talk let's more about – how about Albert Pujols? I mean, yeah, we, could, I, we could wax poetically about El Hombre. Sure. It really was. If you want to step back for a moment in the grand history yeah. of human existence – you know, the Colorado Rockies lost a baseball game today. Happens. Uh, this team has a lot of questions that remain more or less what they were going to be. Actually, the more I think about the Rockies offseason, now that it's looking like it might be a little bit closer than I thought it was going to be, the more I realized they were going to have the exact same questions, whether they got into the playoffs or not. Their offseason is going to feature the exact same set of problems that they need to solve. Um and so them losing this game, like when I'm 75 years old and talking to my grandkids, I'm not going to remember that on September 13th of 2020, the Rockies lost five to three and, you know, it put them a little bit further back in the playoff race. And, you know, it was in the middle of this tough stretch for Carlos Estevez and Ryan Castellani walked success. I might remember Castellani walking the six guys as a feature of the game. But the reason I will remember this game at all is because of something very special that we got to see out of Albert Pujols. Uh, 660 home runs is a lot, Patrick. And anytime you tie Willie Mays in a baseball thing, you've done something special. We have got to witness, I mean, in our lives, he has been a top three, two baseball player. Uh, to get to witness and and to be there today. I've now been in attendance for Ichiro's 3,000th hit and Albert Pujols' 660th home run. Uh, so I feel very lucky just cosmically in that sense to get to be there for those things. Obviously, today's was a little bit bittersweet, but still, um, what a career. What an incredible hitter. What a, no doubt, first ball Hall of Fame player and, by all accounts, person. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, argue anything what you're saying there, especially when you consider the fact that, you know, the two other players that, you know, were alive during our era or active during our era, Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez, we know unequivocally used performance enhancing drugs. And, you know, Pujols came in at the, you know, right around that that time. Uh, in that, I believe it was the 2001 season was his rookie year. So, you know, there have been, you know, maybe certain speculation here and there, but, but no proof, no, no proof whatsoever. So that being said, he really is, you know, the, the, the top home run hitter, the top slugger run producer Saturday night, 669 doubles past Craig Biggio for fifth all time. Two totally different players, by the way, if you think Craig Biggio and Albert Pujols, you go, one thing they were good at was, you know, standing on second base after hitting a baseball, right. uh, just that Craig Biggio hit a lot more that were less than a double and Albert Pujols hit a lot more that were more than. Well, a and, and that's the thing. And Goodman gave a, a stat on AT&T broadcast the other night about how Albert Pujols has never had a 100 strikeout season ever for a guy that's hit 660 really? home runs and has Craig Biggio style double. I mean, we, Albert Pujols is unequivocally, I don't have to look at any stat. Albert Pujols is one of the 10 best right-handed hitters of all time. 
He's probably one of the five. That's where I'd have to start looking into statistics and and going over. You know, you start looking at like Honus Wagner and shit. Willie like, Johnson, <laughs> yeah, Willie Mays. Right, 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 Willie Mays. <laughs> like then you're really digging into the best of the greatest of the people who played the game a hundred years ago, even too. So then you're even talking about a completely different level of competition that, you know, completely different level of competition that was even allowed to play the game at times. Um, and then Albert Pujols doing it against the best who've ever played the absolute best in an era where guys are bringing a hundo with regularity, 92 mile an hour sliders weren't regularity when Willie Mays was playing the game. So it just, it, it blows my mind how consistent he's been and that he's on a, on those lists with guys like Biggio and Mays. And, and there's, there's several others that he, because he, he wasn't just a great power hitter. He's a great hitter. One of the greatest hitters of the baseball who's ever lived. And probably on a short list of guys, you can claim to be the greatest hitter of all time. Like, He's he's there and and really you know it's it's funny the the similarities between him and, and Mickey Mantle I've been thinking about this a lot uh, after someone made crazy comment on Twitter I know that's hard to believe but made a crazy <laughs> comment about you know not wanting to pitch to Mike Trout because he was hitting under three hundred at that point in the season and it's I just thought about you know would when in Mickey Mantle's career would you have not wanted to face him because he he finished his career under three hundred and the reason for that was because. You know, he, he wanted to continue to play a couple more seasons. And because of that, that forced his batting average to dip yeah. below 300. And Albert Pujols right now, batting 235 on the season, is now a career 299 hitter. Oh, really? So, so again, when you, when you go for some of those counting stats, those rate stats take a hit. And that, again, that, that happens. We know that. It's one of the trade-offs, again, that his contract is – you know, he's not going to walk away from that, so he's going to play. Still has $30 million on the books next season in right, 2021. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it isn't going to do much more as far as home runs go for that, but you know, does have you know 3,000 hits already. Uh, I, I think he's in the top four in RBI, 2,095 uh, before, before this game. So now he's at 2,097. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just an all-time great, and I – was at the game Friday and Saturday night and, you know, driving down. Uh, I talked to you. I talked to my father. And it's funny, I did the same thing with the Ichiro game uh, because I, I didn't have press credentials at that game. And I went as a fan, sat in right field. And, in fact, when I go and watch that that uh, Ichiro triple, you know, the, the camera is, is half on the right field auxiliary scoreboard, yeah. half on the stands. And I see myself. I know I'm wearing a baby yeah. blue Lakewood Blue Claws cap, so I can see myself in that. But when I, I do that every time WWE shows footage of Goldberg coming back because when oh, he came, because really? that was at the Pepsi Center when Goldberg came back for his last run and beat Lesnar and took the belt and everything. And every time they show a montage of the most recent return of Bill Goldberg, I can pause and see me and Katie in the background because we were there at that show. <laughs> so I love that you do that with each year's Bill Goldberg returns in each year's 3000. Same thing. Same, uh, same thing. I had to call you on that. So, but, but right, going down to the game, I go, if I catch this ball and he hits one out, what am I asking for? And so, yeah, you know, right. the mind goes crazy. I know it's not going to happen, but it's fun. It's like when my mom plays the lottery. She goes, all right, here's what I'm doing. I'm giving all my siblings, bop, bop. Right. All right. So, 
I thought going down, you know, uh, to to the stadium this weekend, what would I rather have? And what would you rather have out there? What would you have rather seen if, let's say, you were able to go to the ballpark? You're not going to catch a, a home run ball, but you could see the game live and say you were there to witness it. Would you have rather witnessed Mike Trout hitting three home runs? So that's not an easy thing to do. He hit, he hit two a couple years ago at Coors Field. Or would you have rather hit Abra Pujols hit one, that being number 660 to tie Willie Mays for fifth all time? Yeah. And I, I think you answered this, Drew, but what was – what was your answer between the two? You know, a right. three-home run game from Trout or Pujols hitting? Yeah, easily the Pujols thing. Like, you know, same. Yeah, especially because there's a limited amount of time. You never know. Now, we don't get a lot of opportunity to see the Angels. May see Trout come through again. May not. Right. He's got a but lot I more know, left in his career. I, I know, you know, Pujols is getting close to being done, and that's going to be one of the final crowning achievements and one of the greatest careers uh, in this sport ever. And to be a part of that is – is pretty cool. It's funny because that actually reminds me of, I believe it was um, 2001, 2002, where uh, my father said, hey, I know somebody who can get us 76ers tickets. Pick a game out, he'll hook us up. Great. I look at the schedule, look at the teams, and I go, all right, we can either see Michael Jordan on the Wizards or, because i never seen him play at that point, or Yao Ming of the Rockets. Ooh, who do I go see? And my rationale was the same as kind of what you're saying, Drew. It was like, well, Yao Ming's going to be in the, the league forever. If yeah. I really want to go see him, I uh -huh. will. We'll, we'll, we'll go see Jordan. As it turned out, as we got closer and closer and closer, I looked on the calendar and go, holy S. This is the final game of the season. This was Jordan's last game. I had no idea. When I picked that game, wow. that was going to be Michael Jordan's final game ever. I just go, ah, Jordan's older. Yao Ming, I can go see him next year, year after the year after that. I'm not even sure if I knew Jordan was retiring at the end of that season. But lo and behold, you you go for the legend. You go for that high water mark. It's like saying, you know, oh, I saw Ichiro, you know, go six for six one day in Seattle. Well, that's cool, but I was there when he got. Number three, three that's the one, the clip that you show. You don't show highlights of, you know, him slapping the ball six times. You show the one where the game stops. Both teams come out on the top step. They greet him with open arms. They clap. They put the thing on the on the scoreboard, right. and the players and, and and the fans just kind of soak that moment up and say, "This is the moment to culminate a great career." It wasn't a good game. It wasn't a good six or six game. It was the culmination of a great career and. You know, if you, if you got to watch the game, you, you saw that great career for Pujols. If you're lucky enough to be Drew Creaseman, you saw that with your own naked eyes. Yep. And so we have got a, at that point, just toast to the draft king of the game, Albert Pujols. Remember to use that promo code DNVR, but can't be a Rocky today. You know, maybe could have been Pilar and Blackman. Maybe could have been someone else if they'd have come through late. Can't, eh. No, it has to be Albert Pools today. It just there's there's no way around it. When you make history and you win the game, and you're one of the greatest of all time, and you're just an awesome dude. Shook my hand that one time, and I'm certain he could have ripped my arm clean off of my body. He's the strongest, strongest human being I've ever like. Just from shaking his hand, you got the sense of power 
that this person holds. If um, Tracy wasn't there, he may have. Now, now you got to shake yeah, Goldberg's right. hand. Now you got to shake Goldberg <laughs> and Ichiro's hand. Like you got to compare these milestone guys and go, all right, who had the best grip strength? I wonder if Goldberg <laughs> has bigger arms than Albert Pujols. It would not surprise me if Pujols has larger arms than Bill Goldberg. Than Goldberg now or maybe a decade oh, ago? That's a good point. Because a decade ago, Bill Goldberg, I think, was built out of muscle. How about trapezoids? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no contest. Bill Goldberg. Uh, traps, uh, traps goes to Goldberg. <laughs> Ryback or Pujols? Uh, still yeah. anyway. <laughs> it's the arms and the hand. Gigantic hands. Anyway, thank you all for listening through uh, to whatever the, <laughs> this was. Um, frustrating, frustrating series for the Colorado Rockies, but we're going to be right back out there like we know all of you will be. No matter what happens, you're checking out your Colorado Rockies baseball. We'll be there with you. So make sure that you're following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on shirts and hats and masks, all other kinds of cool stuff. You get a bigger beer when you come on down here to the DNVR bar, and it just makes you that much more a part of our community. We, of course, love having the support from everybody out there. We love it when you support all of our sponsors. You drink your Breck Brew. You place a couple of bets down there at DraftKings while drinking Strava Craft Coffee. Be a little, Maybe don't do all that stuff at, at one time. Pace yourself on those things. But still, thank you so much for hanging out with us and continuing to be absolutely awesome, regardless of how the Colorado Rockies play. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.